Hello, and welcome to the Viva podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Nice to be with all of you again. We took a little break. We took a little break, and now we're back. We went on vacation mm-hmm. and decided not to make ourselves crazy with pre-recording podcast episodes, and I think that was a nice decision. Yeah, and it was only two, so that's, you know, uh, yeah. a good thing, too. It wasn't too long. And to be fair, we've not really taken a taken a break since we started yeah I think people will be fine I hope no one like had an existential crisis because we were gone (laughs) but just a reminder to everyone that you can take a break too if you want one you don't have to take one I feel like that message is also out there like everybody's pestering you like take a break and you're like I don't need a break so if you need a break though and you're feeling like you can't I'm you know given the circumstances I feel like you can make that happen yeah so speaking of breaks, we're in pivot and we're going to talk about work instead. We're just going to go full force. Like we took a break and now we're just going to come back and talk about work. But there's been some timely stuff. That was my euphemism for the word I actually wanted to use. You can use your imagination. In the news about work from home. And I don't know if other people are really getting this debate as much as we are. If you're in New York City, you understand that the mayor has thrown his two cents in a lot about work from home and going back to the office. And so I don't know if other people are experiencing that, or I don't know, maybe everybody else elsewhere has already gone back to the office and it's not really a thing. But either way, work from home became even more popular during the beginning of the pandemic. And now it's kind of this whole, should it stick around? Do people need to go back to the office? What's happening? And It has bothered me, the debate itself has bothered me prior to this week, but this week, or I actually don't remember if it's this week or last week because time has lost a lot of meaning, but author Malcolm Gladwell was quoted in the New York Post, it was an article about basically blasting work from home. And as a result, it restarted, people chimed in. And so we figured we would talk about the debate and weigh in and give our thoughts. Yeah. And before we, first, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, before we really get into it, I will say that, um, you know, this is a conversation just like the, the conversation about work from home about like, is it good? Is it not? How much is good? How much is not? What are companies asking for? What are they not? Like, this is even something that's come up in my work with clients too. Um, as you know, a fair amount of them, were working from home during the pandemic and now are sort of being asked or tapped to get back into the office to some degree. And so there's a lot of conversations about like how companies are doing that, what makes sense for people, what doesn't. And um, yeah, so I've been talking about it a fair amount and thinking about it a fair amount. Uh, And it's just the, the tone is always very interesting, but I think that's also a sign of the times in which people are frankly like ridiculous about a lot of things these days. Um, So yeah, but we can get into it. Yeah, I think it's also important because it it is a broader conversation. It has some themes that apply to other areas. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna, I guess, separate it with talking about the actual issue of work from home and what goes into that 
And then also the broader themes that are happening, especially given that it is also a diversity conversation. I'll just kind of tease it that way and say, it's really interesting what's happening, especially in light of everything everyone pledged to do in 2020 during the George Floyd protests in terms of being more aware of diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So it's a little teaser. So work from home. Okay. Why people like it? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that some people need it. And this is something that a lot of people in the disabled community have treated as just like the greatest gift in an otherwise hellscape of a pandemic, because all of a sudden this like work from home option is present where previously maybe for whatever medical reason, mental health reason, whatever, they weren't able to do their jobs or suddenly there's a job that's available to them because they can work from home. So the reason behind that is because sometimes when you have a medical condition, for example, like you need to lie down on the couch in the middle of the day. That's usually frowned upon in office work. I mean, I don't know. I've never worked in an office where they'll let you take a nap midday. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a sex accessibility issues, seating, um, you know, being able to take medication, eating at the at a certain time so you can take medication. Like it's just a lot of things that are often present in somebody who is chronically ill or disabled that it's much easier to do at home. Okay, so this is that subsection. There's a lot of people who without the ability to work from home cannot do their jobs and or cannot do their jobs and live their life because that's also the other piece too, right? Is that some people, if they're spending eight hours a day or more in an office, they're done. They can't connect with friends. They can't participate in hobbies. Like th that's all they're doing with their day. And that's not fair. Um, I think most people would say that that's not a great way to live. And yet that's often what happens mm -hmm. there. I will also say the reality of attending medical appointments. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a that's lot a of after one. 5 p.m. or before 9 a.m. appointments. And yeah. if you work from home, it is much easier to leave work during the day and come back or adjust your hours versus having to actually leave an office and commute to wherever. And obviously, you know, you have to explain yourself a little bit more and then you get very messy and it's just a lot. So there's that. That's the need population, I'm going to say. Then there is the population that will otherwise not thrive without work from home. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking these are caretakers of family members, parents with young children. Um, those are the two groups that come to mind, but I'm sure there are more of that all of a sudden work from home allows them to have a work-life balance they couldn't otherwise have, or they can afford to go to work because they're not paying for childcare in the same way. And that's another subset of people who were like, work from home, this is amazing. Maybe I don't wanna go back to the office. And like I said, I think other people fall into this category and maybe you just fall into this category because you work better from home versus in an office setting, which we'll talk more about in a second. So this is why with just the literal debate of should work from home exist? Yes, this is why. And going back to the diversity inclusion situation, if you're not talking about this in your conversation or debate about work from home, that's not a diverse perspective. So if you pledge to be inclusive two years ago when we were all posting black squares on Instagram, and you're having this conversation about work from home without that perspective, you're not practicing diversity and inclusion. Like hands down, that's not a debate. That is just a fact. I will take no questions. So there's that. And, you know, I would challenge you if you are in charge of an organization who is potentially asking people to come back from the office. It's not very inclusive if 
you are excluding people who potentially need work from home to keep their jobs. I actually read a very sad Twitter thread not that long ago about a school teacher who will not be teaching in New York City public schools this year because she is immunocompromised and the Department of Education here has essentially just, they, they've given up. There's no like mitigation. what, COVID? Huh. Yeah, like it's right. just not a thing. They're literally right. doing nothing. And she's yeah. like, okay, I can't do my job then. So whereas I can understand you might be like, teachers can't work from home. I hear you. But there are plenty of other people who are not teachers that are having the same issue. And like, we can talk about the whole mitigation strategy, abandonment later. But this is this is the reality of the situation. That there are plenty of people who are like, if I can't work from home, at least most of the time, I cannot do my job. And that's not fair. So there's that piece. Anything to add? Um, I'll just add that in, in terms of, and I see this really as like, uh, I think diversity, diversity and inclusion is a fair way to describe it. I would take it a step further and say what we're really talking about is like creating a just society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I will say that pre-pandemic, my exposure to work from home uh, for the most part, aside from my own personal experience, because I did have some of my own personal experience working from home, um, was really about the difficulties uh, like that clients had faced trying to get support from their employers for a work from home option. Um, and I have to tell you that pre-pandemic, it, it kind of was like if you were you know, disabled or neurodivergent in some way that impacted your day-to-day -day work schedule, chronically ill, the getting the ability to work from home was one, like a Herculean journey and process. And then two was like you had gotten, like you had won gold at the Olympics. Um, and so it's like, people really have not considered the, the perspective of the folks who have, as you were saying, Rachel, needed some form of this for a very long time and um, have had like, you know, by virtue of the pandemic, maybe got more license to ask for those things and now can actually live much better lives. Um, and yes, I think in any of these conversations, we really have to be asking ourselves, like, is, is what we're doing here really just, is my perspective just, is it, um, is it compassionate, is it informed by the needs of the many, um, or is it a skewed perspective that's only focused on sort of what my own previous experiences have been and what my own thoughts and paradigms are about work and home and what that means and what it doesn't mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that brings up a good point that while it is a free country, as some people like to really emphasize, and you can share a perspective on whatever you want, I would just take a pause and say, am I really the voice that needs to be heard right now? Yeah. I think that's something that can be true in a lot of situations, <laughs> but with this in particular, you know, if you are an able-bodied person who doesn't have a lot of scheduling issues, you know, whether that's young children or other family commitments or whatever it is, and you're, you like being in the office, 
maybe just take a seat here. Because mm-hmm. like, what difference does it make to you if work from home sticks around, right? There, are, there will always be jobs that allow you to go to the office. Most jobs will allow you to go to the office even if other people are not going to the office, right? right, right. And I think that's something that I'd like to emphasize. Like we're not saying office building should be demolished. Mm-hmm. My personal take is that people should get the choice. If you want to work from the office, you can work from the office. If you want to work from home, work from home. That if there's something that, I'm going to say this, if ifily, if there's something that is mandatory to be in person, like accessible accommodations should be made. But to me, meetings look like maybe there's some people there and there's also a Zoom screen. Mm-hmm. So people get a choice. That to me is my solution to the problem. But that being said, I think there's always a place for you if you want to go into the office and work in a communal setting. So if that's you, I don't know that your opinion is needed here. Don't take away from what someone else needs or has a significantly better life with based on your personal preference. Right. Because you can have your preference, do you? But it's not just about a preference for a lot of people. So maybe let their voices be elevated versus your own. And I think this applies to, you know, speaking of 2020, we talked about this in the racial justice movement of like, hey, other voices need to be heard. And that's part of being an ally is that sometimes it's not your turn to speak. It's your turn to elevate the voices of the people who whatever issue is most relevant for them. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the argument against work from home. Could we're going to bust that a little bit too. The main argument that I've personally seen is teamwork. And collaboration and productivity and building a cohesive work unit and feeling connected at work. Okay. Before everyone who's like into the performance-based research comes at me, yes, there is evidence that shows that a connected team works better at something. 100% true, right? Mm -hmm. If you're walking around hating your coworkers, hating your company, like you're not doing a good job. And if everyone feels that way, things aren't going well. You want people who want to come to work. That's actually something Jarell and I talk about when we bring on new team members at Viva is like, hey, we don't want to work with people who we don't want to talk to. Right. <laughs> That's not our vibe. So it is important. 100% agreed. However, not everyone finds that from in person and not everyone defines that the same way. That so- way a lot of what connectedness might mean is just an appreciation, feeling needed, feeling wanted, feeling seen as a human being, feeling appreciated and taking away something that makes them work better. It's not really the way to do that, but I digress. And not everyone gets that from like water cooler conversations and in-person team meetings. That can happen just because of personal preference. Um, Some people are introverts. And they don't want to chat all day long. That's just a fact. Right. You know, it's not, it's not knocking the people who really thrive off of that, but not everyone thrives off of that. Some people thrive off of just being able to close their door, sit in their office, do their work and go home. And then perfectly happy to like in between walks to the bathroom or to grab food or on their way out the door, be like, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Cool, see you tomorrow. And feel like people appreciate their presence and can talk to, that's great. But you can also do that on a Zoom and not everyone needs to be in person to do that. So this idea of like teamwork and connectedness and having it immediately equate to in-person work of this, oh, you can't connect over a computer screen. A lot of people can connect over a computer screen. Mm 
or they can connect over a couple hours a week in the office because they don't want to be surrounded by people constantly and they don't need it to be productive. Some people work better out of the office environment. That's just, that's also a fact. So you're having this idea of like connectedness and, you know, whatever else, when in reality, not everyone defines it the same way. Yes. So I, I want to interject. One, you're like, <laughs> kind of described my ideal workday in the office. So that's why I was laughing. So I was like, that was so me when I was working full-time in like another office. I was like, cool. Like I'm gonna be in my office. I'm gonna do my work. I will say, hey, I'll hang out for like 10 minutes then leave me alone for the rest of the day. Um, so there's that. But the other thing is, and we just gotta like keep it really real is that a lot of people that are emphasizing this idea, the teamwork, the connection, whatever, we're trash at creating that in the first place. <laughs> like really overestimating their ability and the experiences of their employees to begin with. A lot of people saying like, oh, we, got, we have the connection in the team and blah, blah, blah. Yes, in certain instances, like the being in person really helps facilitate that, but I have a caveat there. Oh. But people, especially these larger companies and organizations are really overestimating how good they are at creating culture. Correct. <laughs> like the really overestimating how good you are and how satisfied your employees are with the culture. Because essentially what a lot of organizations have done have just created a dynamic in which people can't actually be honest about their experiences. So they just say, yeah, it's fine, I'm cool. Right. And they do what they know they need to do in order to keep their jobs. Um, and not ruffle feathers. So there's that. Right. Connection yeah. and community at work often looks like a lot like the old boys club, honestly. Yep. Um, and those are generally the people who say like stuff like in-person meetings are important and networking yeah. is important. Yeah. It, it just, some companies are different, but like, honestly, that's a lot of what the vibe is and not yeah. everyone feels comfortable or safe in that vibe. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of previous jobs and like the quote unquote mandatory after work networking nonsense that I never really enjoyed, but felt like I had to do. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a lot of groups of people that wouldn't feel safe in a lot of those conversations. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine that forcing them or making them feel like they have to with that or else they'll face consequences. I don't think they feel very connected if that's the case, right? They probably feel more connected if you leave them alone. Right. So I think there's a lot of problems, like I said, in the way we're defining it and the way we're assuming that everyone feels connected in the same way. Mm -hmm. People are going to define connectedness differently and how people get to the place where they would say, yes, I feel connected is also going to be different. Yep. I also feel like we have to bust this myth. Like some people don't care if they're friendly with people they work with like cordial and professional yep. is often a value people have. Like there are people who are like, I don't want to be friends with my coworkers. I don't want to talk to them outside of the nine to five or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's talk and collaborate professionally. But like, I don't want to chat with you about my personal life. Right. And that's also valid. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to be friends with coworkers? Why do you have to find connectedness at work? I'm actually, I'll make a reference that like, hopefully people appreciate because I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls. Nice. It's one of my shows that I watch over and over again because anxious people like then they know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's very good. But there's an episode like when Rory is in high school 
and she's encouraged to socialize at school because like, oh, you always eat lunch alone and you have to socialize. And she ends up in with this group and they get in trouble and her basically like monologue after like they get in trouble where she's like, I didn't ask for this. Like, you think I'm not connected, but actually like I have friends and a boyfriend and family at home that I'm very close to. And I talk to them all the time. Why do I have to be connected at school? I feel like that could apply to people's jobs. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to find friends at work if I have all these people in my personal life that I value and I don't need to find friends at work? Right. Why are we forcing people into that mold? Yeah. And so just this idea of like, oh, you know, connected teams and in-person collaboration and it's so much better for productivity. For some people, not for as many people as I think a lot of us think. Right. This idea of that work is the center of life is very capitalistic and very mm-hmm. problematic in a lot of ways in society. And mm-hmm. you know, kind of going back to this idea of like people who were really about inclusion and diversity and changing things and oh, this world shouldn't be this way, it should be more just, you're falling into the capitalism trap. Mm-hmm. Because why do you need to find so many things out of your job? Why mm-hmm. isn't your job just a way to fund the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And that's different, like I said, than feeling respected, appreciated, treated fairly. Right. Why do we need more than that? And maybe some people do, and that's great. But this idea that everyone should be judged by the standard of like, oh, everyone should love coming to work. Why do you have to love coming to work? Why can't you just be like, it's work and it's cool and I feel valuable and my job is rewarding. And then I go home and I, then I do the things I love. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't consider that perspective. And in addition to obviously the accommodations being mandatory for so many people, I think you're also just excluding so many people who don't function in that quote unquote, like traditional capitalist driven work is my life vibe. Right. And that's if you don't fit into that. Right. And I would also say, um, this was my caveat from earlier is that yes, like finding a way to keep your team connected is important for performance and, and thought, um, thought development and problem solving, all those sorts of things. But what people fail to realize is that, and this is hopefully like a helpful takeaway for people who are more on the pro side of in office that can think more broadly about things is that the, your task here is to be creative in the ways that you cultivate connection for your teams, right? Because a lot of times what it looks like, people are like, well, it doesn't really happen on Zoom. And obviously there are challenges to that. There are challenges to creating, um, you know, that kind of dynamic environment on Zoom, but it can be done. And so you may have to be a bit more creative about how you approach meetings, about how you approach like thinking sessions and all these sorts of things in order to get the similar or even better results from your teams. So it's not that the problem is the platform, the problem is the process. And so one way to be more just in, you know, in the workplace is to really be thinking about what processes have we been using that actually could be more effective? What things and what dynamics are creating spaces in which people don't feel like they have a voice or they can share or contribute meaningfully without completely exhausting themselves or being exposed to microaggressions or 
whatever the situation is. So like, that's a part of the conversation too, is that organizations, businesses, leaders have to be more creative um, in order to get really good results. And frankly, people have been relying on the same kind of thoughts and approaches and systems for so long in the workplace that they think that that's a given and that's the default and that's necessary. And it's not. We can do different. We can do better. We can do, um, we can approach some new ways of like interacting with the people we work with. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I will also add to, I'm going to toot my own horn. We have had more than one person over the course of the last two years say that Viva is one of, if not the best place that they have worked. Mm. And we have been exclusively virtual. Yeah. I'm just saying. And done if you want it to be done, um, if you actually care about diversity and inclusion, right? And that's actually kind of been my soapbox this week with a lot of some of the stuff going on. But like, it's time to kind of put your money where your Instagram post was. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really feel like you want to change things, like you need to do things that feel a little bit uncomfortable and new. Right. Because it is uncomfortable and new. Yep. This world has not been just for a very long time. And so if you want to work towards making it that way, you need to do things that are uncomfortable and new versus just be like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to make connection over Zoom or I don't know how to do a hybrid. And so we're just going back to the office. Teamwork is important. It's good to be in person. Which like, yes, like human connection is good, but it's not good if people feel like they have to give up parts of their lives to do it, right? It, right. You know, you think about, you could have a really good friend that you haven't seen in a while and you want to spend time with them. And I feel like a lot of people have been in the scenario, but they ask you to go to a restaurant like way on the other side of town. It's going to take you an hour to get there and an hour to get back. And all of a sudden you don't really want to see that friend so much anymore. Should you- Cost too much. Right. Like, could you connect with that friend? Yes, absolutely. Should that be a thing? Absolutely. But when you weigh all the factors, you're like, no, this is no longer enjoyable. It's too much effort. We're right. I have to give up too much. Mm-hmm. That happens at work as well, too, right? If you ask people on the surface, like, hey, would you like to see your coworkers after two years? Some people might say yes. But then if you're somebody who is higher risk for COVID, for example, and you find out, oh, it's an indoor gathering, no one's going to wear masks, and we're going to be there for three hours, and you know, it has to be in the middle of the day when you would otherwise pick your kid up from school. All of a sudden, people don't want to connect with their coworkers that much. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of like, yes, it's meaningful and yes, it's important, but like not if people have to sacrifice other important things in their life and it is okay if work is not the most important thing in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also, I'll also say that, you know, I, I identify as we talked about previously on the podcast as an introvert and I also identify as a highly sensitive person. This comes up in a lot of different ways in my life. Um, but so I'm going to like, I don't think anyone I've ever worked with, I could be wrong. (laughs) So, you know, if, uh, if this is not true and you've worked with me before and you hated me, please send me a note, let's talk. Um, (laughs) but I, I don't think that I've ever been in a working situation in which someone's like, God, that Jarrell is terrible. Actually. I, I just can't believe I have to work with this person, but I'm, I am one of those people who finds you know, work office spaces, um, difficult to deal with. It's difficult for me to do my work. And actually Rachel and I worked together before and 
as is the case when you're working early career in social services and, you know, uh, in particular in the city is that you have an open floor plan with cubicles. Um, I maintain, and this is always a source of frustration for Rachel, um, I maintain the reason that part of the reason why I am as slow doing some things as I am is because there was too much stimuli in the space. So while like most people may not clock, you know, the person 15 feet away talking on the phone to someone, I can't not hear that. I can't not dial into that conversation or that, you know, this sound over here, or this smell over here that's happening. It takes my focus away. Um, and so it's just, and, and I'm not one of those people who needs work from home, but I do work better in a lot of ways. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, it's just really about thinking, changing our perspectives into considering, like, maybe my experience isn't the only experience, and that maybe I've been thinking about this whole work from home conversation through a very limited scope. Let me think more broadly and kind of explore, like, how could work, working in the office be impacting people actually? Do, do, the, do the Black coworkers I have actually appreciate sitting in a meeting with their white managers who are microaggressing them, you know, four times a day? Does, do the, the female employees at our company really appreciate the kind of like sly sexual harassment that comes from our CEO periodically? right? When he comments on their appearance. Like these are the things you really have to consider aside from the people who actually need work from home as an option. A lot of people are experiencing a lot of things in the workplace. And we're just now really starting to have that conversation, I feel like, in the mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you said just also made me think of, we, like what you said, we didn't even talk about like working styles, right? We like, right. talked about like home versus not whereas it's very simple and not like a big deal compared to other reasons why like uh, I'll be honest I could not go to the office I have felt very lucky that I work for myself and I get to make that choice um I would I am somebody who I would not be able to do my full-time job if I had to go to the office mm -hmm. and so I obviously feel very strongly about this conversation for that reason but also like I said you bring up just this idea of like working styles mm -hmm. whereas where you were like it's too much stimuli and you will obviously remember this <laughs> I like stimuli. Yeah. Like I want the TV on. I like when there's five tabs open, like I'll go from checking an email to looking at something on the other screen. And that's how I like to work. Yeah. I'll go from like writing an email to like, oh, what's on Twitter to, you know, I'm going to get up and walk around or like throw a ball for my dog or whatever. And that has actually been very hard in the office, especially mm -hmm. during meetings. I'm now remembering because like people like supervisors would get so upset when I would be in a meeting, but also like scrolling on my phone, like you're not paying attention. I'm like, no, actually this is how I pay attention. Right. Because if you're not letting me do this, like I'm just like very, like I, I'm, I feel stressed. I don't like to sit right. for a period of time. And so like, I feel highly anxious and I'm not really paying attention. And like, that helps me focus. Right. At home, no one's bothering me. Obviously I'm also my own boss now, so no one's gonna bother me. <laughs> right. But for people who aren't, that's also something that it just, your own working style might become a lot easier mm -hmm. when you aren't surrounded by other people who aren't sure what you're doing or why, or it's not quote unquote normal office culture. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you actually are more productive, just like the people who are like, oh, I hate working from home are more productive in the office. 
Um, but at the same time, I really hate small talk. Like I yeah. despise it. So if I had to be in an office with the potential for small talk when I'm just trying to get something done, I'm probably hiding in my office and not talking to coworkers anyway. Right. But if we're in a place where I can do all my stuff and you know get to focus how I want to, and then I have a meeting, okay, now I'm ready for you. But like, don't come interrupt me when I'm in the middle of whatever time, because like, that's how I work. I don't like to be interrupted. So that whole water cooler vibe, like, isn't for everyone. And I just feel like, yeah, it's just another way to double down on like, not everybody works well in that traditional office setting that we're told is like the right way we're supposed to do things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, don't listen to Malcolm Gladwell is (laughs) the moral of the story, at least not about this. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and if you're somebody who's listening to this and is like, oh, blah, 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 I would just really encourage you to listen to a different voice on the topic. Maybe somebody who needs work from home mm. or thrives in work from home. Like one of the, uh, somebody who falls into one of those categories we talked about earlier. Yeah. Listen to their perspective on how it's changed their life and have a personal take. Um, I think you could probably find that person a lot more easily than you think. Even yeah. if you're like, no, everybody loves work. We're in my world. I, I feel like you could probably find that person a little bit more easily. Or you know what? Social media is, well, this is one of the reasons social media can be great, right? Like just hear the other side of the conversation. And honestly, if you're someone that either gets to choose where you work, whether because you work for yourself and you can do it wherever, or that your office has an option to work, to go to the office and you like it, maybe just sit this one out because you are taking something away from the people who need it by continuously feeding into the whole, this is bad conversation. Mm-hmm. You don't have the power to make their boss, have them come into the office. Like it, it just perpetuates the dialogue and you are harming people. So just something to yeah. be mindful of. Yeah. And on a fundamental level, like sometimes things are just different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay for things to be different like things change. It's okay for things to change. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be smooth, but like we can evolve. Workplaces can evolve. People can evolve in their thinking. It's okay. Yep. Preferred even. Better. Yeah. (laughs) It would be great if we all did that. All evolved. Yeah. Listened to other people with different perspectives. I think that's actually, you know, if we're going to give you like a piece to take away other Mm -hmm. than like stay in your lane. Um, It's that, you know, really focus on just listening to other people's perspectives who may be different than you. I think we talked about this at some point in a podcast episode in the past. Do not assume that your experience in a situation is how everyone else experiences the same situation. You might be the weirdo and everyone else experiences it in another way. So just keep that in mind. And also I would say that applies to just because society has told you this is how something should be, doesn't mean that everyone agrees. Mm -hmm. Actually, usually doesn't represent a large group of people at all. Right. You're really going to get down to it, but yeah, something to really think about of that. If you're just trying to do something differently, start there, listen to diverse voices. If you're like, Oh, I don't know about this whole work from home situation. Listen to somebody who has really taken advantage of it and just see what you think and let them speak and maybe have that voice be elevated in this conversation rather than yours if it doesn't really impact you either either which way. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you will tune in again. New episodes every other Wednesday, at least until the next time we go on vacation. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day. Bye.